Hello, and welcome to the Balanced Wealth Podcast. My name is Gavin DeStasi, and on today's episode, we're going to deviate from our normal finance-focused programming to talk about something we feel is just too important not to discuss. As most of you who follow our writing and podcasts know, we tend to try to stay away from wading into political or social issues all that much. We prefer to stay in our lane for the most part, which is obviously financial topics, and leave those discussions to the experts. It's not that we don't have opinions on greater societal issues, but we generally feel that's not what we began our blog and podcast to address, and also realize that most arguments of that nature have two sides, neither of which may be clear-cut as to whether they are right or wrong, and that civil discussion and respectful disagreement are not only healthy, but an important part of living in a free country. But sometimes, an issue is just too important to let go by without making clear where you stand, and occasionally in life there just is right and wrong. At those times, it's vital to stand up and be counted, and particularly if you have a platform, albeit a small one as we do, to make it clear what side of history you intend to be on. So in light of all that's been going on the past weeks, months, years, and even centuries, we felt it was imperative to use our platform to state unequivocally that black lives matter. And we say that not just because we feel pressure to or because it's in vogue or because there are protests in the street, but because we understand that just not being a racist or thinking you're not a racist isn't enough anymore. It seems clear that it never really was. The idea that, well, I never called anyone the N-word or threw someone out of my shop because of the color of their skin, so that means I'm not part of the problem, is just wrong. Because until white people realize and acknowledge that the system in America is and always has been stacked against people of color, not by accident, mind you, and actively work to do something about that inequality going forward, nothing is going to change. And I'll admit that I've been guilty of that in the past for sure. I always figured that if I wasn't a racist myself, and if I taught my kids the best I could not to be racist, then I was part of the solution, not the problem. But what was I really doing about systemic racism in our country? Truthfully, nothing. It's like the thoughts and prayers mentality. We see these horrific things going on, things we would never do ourselves, and we wring our hands and are horrified by what we've seen, but we offer thoughts and prayers and never really work to change the root cause of said horror. Now, to those of my fellow white people who feel compelled to respond to Black Lives Matter with, well, all lives matter, can we please stop saying that? I mean, like, permanently remove that slogan from our repertoire? Because when we say that, not only does it completely miss the point, but it's hurtful, demeaning, and redundant. I saw a meme on social media recently that I think expressed the basic sentiment. It said, when we say save the whales, we're not also saying screw the starfish, we're just saying save the whales. Because the starfish aren't in trouble, but the whales are. Think of it like this. We have a society in America that is literally built as proof that white lives matter. The political, economic, and social infrastructure of our society has been constructed to our advantage. Therefore, saying all lives matter, which is just code for saying white lives matter too, is completely unnecessary. Conversely, the same society has been constructed from the beginning to the disadvantage of people of color to the point where everyday tasks and encounters, which we take for granted, such as going to the bank, taking a jog, a routine traffic stop, are difficult, dangerous, or lethal for black people. This is why it is necessary to say that black lives matter. I mean, the pure act of saying all lives matter just proves the point all the more clearly. It's like, oh, wait a minute, not just black lives, my life matters too. My God, we can't even let them have that without taking out our chunk first. So please, let's stop that one. And while we're on the subject of things that aren't helping, this idea of just a few bad apples is one that drives me a little bit nuts. 
Look, I know some good people who are cops, and I understand what a difficult job policing really is. I have extended family who have been cops in and around New York for generations, and I have love for those folks. But anyone who says there is no systemic racism in policing or in America more broadly is just wrong. Before I became a financial advisor, I spent many years as a professional musician. And in that capacity, I spent quite a bit of time on the road across this country touring with other musicians, many if not most of whom were black. And I can tell you that racism is not only systemic, but it's everywhere. Whether it's the more subtle kind, like when we would all get out of the bus and go into a shop, where I would freely walk around with no one even giving me a second look, but my fellow musicians of color would be watched the whole time or even followed around the store, presumably to be sure they didn't steal anything. Or more overt, as in the time I recall using the bathroom at a gas station, and when I came out, I returned the key. Not five seconds later, my guitarist friend was scowled at and told he couldn't use it because it was out of order. And on more than one occasion, we were pulled over by the police, and it should come as no surprise which of us was allowed to stay comfortably inside the van or bus, while the others were pulled out, lined up, and searched. On one or two occasions, I recall even being pulled aside by the police and consulted as the person with whom the police felt they could reason like, oh, we're the adults in the room or some such nonsense. And every time it happened, while I felt anger and indignation, every one of my colleagues handled the situation respectfully, with dignity, and a heartbreaking level of familiarity. Because while to me, these distressing encounters, which seemed to be happening much too frequently, were so foreign, to my friends they were part of everyday life. A reality for their entire lives. And that of their parents and grandparents and so on. And I can tell you from experience that once you've seen these things for yourself, you would never dare say that racism isn't systemic in our country or that it's just a few bad apples. So now that I got that off my chest, we come to the difficult part. What do we actually do to make things different? It's a hard question and one that I know many white people with good intentions are struggling with. The fatigue among people of color who are answering that question from their white friends these days must be overwhelming. And I've read a number of pieces containing lists of things that white people can be doing to help be better allies, all of which makes sense. But Jared and I have been talking a lot lately about trying to find a way to make a real impact, not just by donating money to causes or supporting black owned businesses, which again are all good places to start, but rather is there a way to use our professional expertise to help in a broader way? And as I've been reading studies recently about the financial disparity that exists between white communities and communities of color, the numbers are just staggering. It's become clear to me that basic financial literacy and access to sound financial advice, that's something that could be somewhat of a game changer to those communities that just don't have that. Recently in the wake of the economic distress caused by COVID-19, Jared and I had extended an offer to our clients and friends that if they knew anybody who was struggling financially due to the effects of the virus and ensuing economic fallout, we would be willing to talk to them free of charge to see if we could help them in any way to try to get through it. So it occurred to us that some kind of similar model, a type of pro bono clinic for communities of color to get some basic financial advice or financial literacy might be effective. The idea would be once a month we could donate our time to help meet with folks to discuss their situation or give a class on basic literacy and so on. Our challenge, of course, is our own limited access to the communities who likely need this type of help the most. So I've begun reaching out to some friends who have more direct access to those communities or to people who will and have received some positive feedback, but we're definitely looking for more ideas if any of you have them. We honestly have no idea where this will go and if we will have any success with it or not, but something needs to be done and we feel like this is a way we can potentially make a real difference to that end. 
Even if we aren't able to build it into what we envision, perhaps just by saying it, by trying, someone else will realize they might have the skills that could be used to help a community of color near them in a positive way. It's certainly worth trying because in the end, Black Lives Matter is not just a slogan, it's an imperative for all of us. More equality for more people of color means more equality for everyone. It means more prosperity for everyone and safer communities for everyone. If the world becomes a more equal place, it's not just better for black people, it's better for all people. At the end of the day, to us, it's just a matter of right and wrong. It's been wrong for far too long and long been past time to stand up and say black lives do matter. So now it's time to try to do something to prove it. Opinions expressed in this program are for general informational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security. It is only intended to provide education about the financial industry. This program should not be construed as financial, legal, or estate planning advice. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your financial advisor prior to investing. Please remember investing involves risk and possible loss of principal capital and seek advice from a licensed professional. Topel and Dostasi Wealth Management LLC is a registered investment advisor. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where Topel and Dostasi Wealth Management LLC and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. No advice may be rendered by Topel and Dostasi Wealth Management LLC unless a client service agreement is in place. <laughs>